0: Hello, welcome to Russia. Пожалуйста, спасибо.
1: Welcome to the World Game Podcast episode number 9. And today we've decided to go on a journey, not too far. We're going to the uh, Fan Fest here in uh, Moscow for Brazil against Costa Rica. Should be one interesting match, one interesting encounter. Let's go. And like many of our trips here in Moscow, uh, to go between stadiums and places, it starts with a train journey, which uh, sounds good for SBS fans and uh, people that love trains on SBS. Then we have arrived at the fan fest, and we make our way to the festival. Quick word for the Australian radio. How are you guys uh, feeling? I think it's good, exactly. Good. It was good. It was not that good for Brazil, but they will score. I hope so. Good luck. Sure. Thank you so much. You guys are here for uh, Brazil, Costa Rica. We've got the Lebanese fa- uh, flag. Yeah. How much are you enjoying this World Cup? Well, we really enjoy this World Cup. It's such an amazing World Cup. Such an amazing organization in Russia. We say thanks to Russia. It's an amazing. We came from Lebanon, especially him. We came from Lebanon to see this amazing match. It's an amazing organization, especially in the fan zones with, with all the people, all the world here. We are really enjoying this time. And you uh, ask us why you are from Lebanon and we support Brazil. Don't forget the president of Brazil originates from Lebanon. And we have a lot of people from Lebanese who live in Brazil and such an amazing country. Thank you so much. That question. Yeah. Go. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank, Thank you.
2: you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye Here at uh, the FanFest, who do you, yes. you yes. SBS? Who do you guys
2: support? We support. Brazil, we want Brazil to win and they will win today, but we don't know if they will win the
1: World Cup. Your friends got uh, an Argentinian shirt. It's a bit brave today, no? I'm a cuckoo, my friend. I support Messi. Okay, we support Messi because he deserves it. Are are your Brazilian uh, friends giving you a bit of a bad time or not? A little bit, a little bit, but they're gonna lose today. So, 3-1 uh, and uh, 3-0. 3-0. Oh, my God. And Messi, uh, we didn't see him. Did he play yesterday? I don't know.
2: You're French, no?
1: Ça va. So, Argentina, we still go through?
0: Yeah, we still have chance. We'll see after this game uh, between uh, Nigeria and uh, Iceland. So, uh, we wish Nigeria went 3-0, so we still have more chance. Good luck. Good luck to you. Thank you. Oh, oh.
2: And
1: not for the penalty. What? Ready for the penalty. Yeah. You're
2: really penalty. I'm saying you're really no, penalty. No penalty. No, no penalty. I think Yes no. penalty. Really, yes.
1: <laughs> well, Brazil says yes. You said no. No, no penalty. No, the video is going to say what we are. What is
2: this? Oh, video, what is video. This? video, I know. No <laughs> video. It's really penalty. <laughs> oh, it's penalty, yes. I uh,
1: know. We don't know. I don't know. Not 100% penalty, oh, I no. think. What's going on? What? What? No!
3: no penalty. What? I what is
2: it?
1: It was not 100% now. It wasn't. The chair, the referee is right. And then the deliverance one goal and another. Brazil wins 2 0 against Costa Rica. I'm
2: from Russia, but I love Brazil. <laughs>
1: How much does this win means for Brazil? You, Brazil top to toe, how much does this mean? How happy are you? And I hope you still have your voice.
0: I do, I do have my voice now. Uh, it means a lot because uh, this was a really tough match. Like We try a lot, we try a lot, but at the end we did not score. But So in the last minute, uh, like we managed. It means a lot because it means that uh, we are really close to five for the second phase.
1: I don't speak Portuguese. But there was a lot of uh, names Argentina and Messi. What's all about? Ah, because we love them.
0: We love them so much, so much that we have to cheer for them because they are so sad. They are so sad that they have to go home very soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a joke for people that don't understand irony.
0: Uh, what's next for Brazil? Uh, to be world champion. That's, that's what's next that's for us. Nothing less. Nothing, Nothing less. less. Nothing that's the finish. So you have made the trip here for?
1: Brazil to be world champion? Of course,
0: yes. I'll follow Brazil and we're going to be a world champion. I'm going to put another star here. But how are you going to fit all this? Because there, at some point there's not going to be enough room on the on the chest. I will fit this one here. That's the sixth star is in the <laughs> Russia. <laughs> Good luck, guys, and I hope you enjoyed your time here. All right, I know it's lovely. It's a lo- lovely country, lovely place, and the people are really friendly. Really, I'm really thankful to be here.
1: And the party has just started for Brazil 2-0 against Costa Rica.
3: Don't miss a moment of the 2018 FIFA World Cup with SBS Radio. Hear the passion with every match in multiple languages. All live and free on SBS Radio and the 2018 FIFA World Cup app. Download now.
1: Right, Ricardo, back in uh, the World Game Podcast. Uh, Let's look at the offbeat side of the news. I hope the right beat you're going to put for
2: us to have a musical background. I and think you requested Samba, I'll try to find some Samba, I promise. Samba or Samba Sanova, cool that people in Australia will enjoy. We keep here watching those Russians melt under the sun of Moscow. It's getting hotter and hotter as it's getting hot at two camps. Brazil and Argentina because a single match as the one in Argentina where they lost 3-0 made Brazil jump of happiness. People are making up songs, saying messy, messy, ciao, ciao, because, you know, for us, it's like if it's it's the first victory. All Brazil like having an amazing day, which I believe can be a spring load, uh, uh, like a, a platform, a trampoline for Brazil to play even better because... The only country everybody still wants to see play decent football is Brazil. So please Neymar and friends, start playing, get your engine working, uh, warm up your machines and start working. Now, I must focus on Argentina and the first news is we could have for the first time a coach being sacked, being thrown away, and this could be Argentina. There is talks about Buru Chaga, world champion in the past for Argentina, taking the place of San Paoli. Second big argument is about San Paoli dressing code during the match with Croatia. He put a t-shirt with a V-neck. Very strange. Then very said, tight, very tight. He took out his jacket, then he showed his tattoos on his arms. He's the only tattooed coach in this World Cup. This guy, after what Maradona, Diego Maradona said last night, he should come back to Argentina. His family is now walking with personal security guys. He cannot go back to Argentina. Let's say clearly Argentina match against Croatia was called the worst match ever of Messi and the team woke up with the headlines that is all over Argentina this team doesn't represent us so we talk about the drama here Where I want to get is that beyond the fact that Argentina has now a big confusion but they still can go up I want to focus on one thing which is the fact this is offside huh the coach of Russia has a military past imagine if he got an order that since April 2017 to lose and play bad all matches, then even the people People of Russia would not believe the team. And then when the World Cup comes, nobody knows how Russia plays. Russia is the best team so far. We're waiting for Brazil. Argentina will definitely not be supported. And right now the World Cup has reached a level that having the least amount of goals ever in a World Cup after this amount of games. So we are here seeing little goals, lots of penalty kicks, amazing argument about VAR, but most of all, the destruction of Argentina created hopes for countries like Croatia, countries like Russia. Maybe we could have here in Russia a world champion that nobody expected. That would be incredible. (laughs) Wow, it would be incredible, like the World Cup is happening. I must share with you a secret. It's something that even makes me have goosebumps. I was here in the Confederations Cup last year. And I was here at the draw in, in winter when you had two hours of daylight. And I was betting my money. I would put my name on it that this would be a flop. A worst World Cup ever. And for me, my ninth World Cup, it is definitely the best World Cup ever. And we will talk about the Arab Spring next podcast okay about that freedom freedom in the country where supposedly there is no freedom we'll meet again
1: absolutely thanks ricardo thank you Uh, welcome back to the world game podcast from russia 2018 and after this uh, fun fest trip which I, i believe Uh, Honestly, I've got to tell you, Lucy, uh, it was a a long walk. But I'm I'm glad to have Lucy in the podcast. Hey, Lucy.
3: You've already lost 10 kilos just from that walk. Not that you needed to, but I'm sure it would have done you some good to get some fresh air. And of course, being amongst the fans in those fan fests, like I'm a little bit envious because they look like a real party.
1: Fresh air, 30 degrees. No fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) I tweeted it, 30 degrees in Melbourne. Here, it's like 45 in Melbourne. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's true. They They have a 20 degree day here in Moscow and they all start complaining that it's too hot. Meanwhile, we're in jumpers. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about this match, Brazil against Costa Rica. There was so much hype about this one. Uh, Just because of what happened in 2002, Uh, Brazil won 5-3 in 2002, but that was one of the most memorable match of the last few World Cups. Um, What did you make of the outcome this time? Brazil won 2-0 in the extra time.
3: It was a deserved win, but gee, the Brazilians, gee, they left it late. Um, And it was one of those things where I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to see another shock at this tournament, because so much of the, the discussions that have been coming Coming out of this this campaign have been about the big teams and them not delivering. We saw what happened to Germany. Oh, my gosh, we've seen what's happening to Argentina. Uh, You know, these are the big talking points out of it now and the smaller teams, the smaller nations like Russia, for example, going on and doing the unexpected and progressing into the round of 16. So Brazil came into this under a lot of pressure, uh, ultimately because they drew their first game with Switzerland. Okay, Switzerland, they're not a a mid-tier team, right? They've got a good ranking in, in the world. So ultimately what was really important was for them to come out and to deliver a good performance. But it was always going to be tough because people underestimate uh, how difficult it is, Christoph, to break down a team that are camped in their own half for a vast majority of that match. Okay, Costa Rica had a couple of moments where they they had an opportunity on goal. There was a perfect situation in the first half, but thereafter they couldn't really get into the rhythm of the game and that's largely because of how good Brazil are. When you look at their talent, I mean, particularly with, with Argentina, you know, so many people talk about Messi. With Portugal, they talk about Ronaldo ultimately within this Brazilian side they've got a quality group of individuals across the entire park. So Neymar has a better supporting cast and that's what we discussed in our post-match coverage saying that yes there's a lot of pressure on him because he was reduced to tears in that. You could see how exhausted he was because Selassie, they were made to work very hard for that. So he was emotionally exhausted too because he knew the pressure coming into the match and why they needed to win it. Yes they left it late but ultimately their quality shone through and then once that first goal went in, it, the floodgates of effectively opened, but they had so many opportunities on goal. They they also created so much in the attacking third. It was just that they couldn't get that cohesion and couldn't get into the right areas to be able to bang it in the back of the net. Good result for them, a bad result for Costa Rica obviously because people will reflect on what they managed to do in the 2014 Brazil World Cup uh, and beat some really quality opposition along the way too. So they haven't been able to replicate that. A lot of their players older in this tournament. Uh, They now crash out, but um, very positive for Brazil because if they lost like the Argentinians I would hate to be a Brazilian
1: Absolutely Uh, if we focus a bit on Neymar uh, how do you rate his performance because you, you were right he was crying at the end it's almost relief of them winning and you could see that relief in those tears he's not a kid you know he's he's an adult he's a a grown up Uh, but you could see that's really finished is that that, are we reading too much in this or not
3: no we're not I think because it's pretty obvious to people and it'll be very obvious to the Brazilians who have an intimate knowledge of what you know football means to them what the jogo bonito is to who they are as people Um, you know they would have understood those tears. I certainly did I mean yesterday we had a Peruvian um, uh, working here at the broadcast compound that was reduced into tears when Peru got knocked out so this is the beautiful game this is what it does to people and, um, and, I, and I think so much of Neymar's tears were because he understood the importance of it and also the relief, not only that they got the result but that he was also able to score. I think that's a big thing now because the shackles come off. I thought in that particular match against Costa Rica he put in a far better shift than what we saw from him against Switzerland. So this was important for him in many, many respects not just as a team but also as an individual because there is a lot of pressure on him to deliver. We know that he's the most expensive player in the world. Okay, did things pan out the way that he wanted to at PSG. I'm not so sure. There are now rumors circulating that he could potentially go over to Real Madrid. So that in itself is quite interesting too. Um did I believe that a player of his quality belonged in Ligue 1 with the greatest of respect to you Christoph? Uh,
1: no, I mean I I I have actually <laughs> flabbergasted because I completely agree with you. Yeah. That league is rubbish. You take you take No, it's not rubbish. It is. You no. go you go one or two teams and then the rest is there's a, the gap is huge.
3: Okay, yes, the gap is huge, but I don't think it's rubbish because we've seen some fantastic <laughs> stories coming out of there, you know, particularly when Monaco went to do what they did within the Champions League campaign. I mean, they've produced so many quality players. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, one of them coming out of the Monaco production line. And we've seen what he's gone on to do, not only for France, but also elsewhere. So I I think that, um, you know, for a large portion of this, there is an extreme amount of relief um, on Neymar's part. And I think he does belong at a bigger club. We know that PSG has a lot of money. But, um, you know, does he belong at a big club, uh, you know, and embedded within the Galacticos potentially? I, I think he does. But yeah, this is a good result for him and for Brazil.
1: Absolutely. Especially when you see Neymar go and play in the north of France, in, you know, like Lille or whatever. Uh, anyway, I reserve my comments for myself. <laughs> uh, like, look, while I was at the, uh, the fan fest, I found one of your uh, fellow Croatians uh, is pre- pretty happy about the win as well. I mean, you were yesterday. We heard you in a podcast. I don't know if you know, but I've played the sound where you just go. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> so we heard you uh, being very happy. Uh, let's have a listen to what he's uh, got to say. Nice Croatian shirt. Yeah. You must be very pleased with the result yesterday. Of course, very happy, very happy. It's very good to be Croat today. How was, it, the, reaction, how was the reaction back in Croatia? If you read the papers, unbelievable. Of course, I still don't believe that that happened. The first time beat Argentina in official match. So it's a very big thing for Croatia. Now we are uh, flying. We hope to, to get uh, as far as we can, you know. But uh, I think we must stay. But the uh, mo- most important thing is that players are uh, down on the ground and they think only about the next match. How does that differ from the 1998 team that went all the way to the semi final? How-, how is it different? Not, not too much because uh, this team is. Uh, they show that they are um, acting like a team, you know. it's. Similar, so that's why we hope uh, we're gonna go far. Happy, but it's uh, happy tired.
3: Oh my gosh! Do you know what? I, and I was singing all throughout the studio, well into the night. I called my mother and father and spoke to my family back in Croatia, um, in the village. And I got a message actually from my first cousin, probably about four hours ago, and she said we have still haven't slept um, because the parties are ringing out all over Croatia and all over, you know, all over Russia for the traveling fans that are that are here. So what people need to understand is. It's been 20 long years since Croatia progressed from the group stages. Of course, you will know, intimately, being a Frenchman, the last time we managed to achieve anything at a World Cup and anything of real note um, was at France 98 in which we finished in third place.
1: I remember those two goals from Turan, oh. uh, that he's never, co- he's never Turam. Co- I think he never scored before and never scored after.
3: Mm, it's just, you know, and the playing squad that they had back then too. But, you know, I was so impressed with Croatia uh, against Argentina. Of course, uh, once they went ahead, you could see that it became a mental battle. And that the Argentinians started to capitulate, uh, and all the pressure on Lionel Messi. Oh my gosh! Even when the cameras cut to him in the anthem, you know the, the 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 information coming out in the days leading up to the game, in which the Argentinians had, had had a celebration, a barbecue to acknowledge their Father's Day. Apparently, allegedly, he wasn't involved in that. He'd sort of removed himself from everything because uh, the, the weight of this nation is on this man's shoulders. The weight of expectation is on his shoulders because they all keep comparing him to the great Diego Maradona. And they all know that being World Cup winners, that they expect that from this Argentinian team. And I feel sorry for him. I really do. Because I want to see him do well. And unfortunately, we haven't seen him reach the heights that we all know that he's capable of on the world stage. So I was gutted for them, but so immensely happy uh, for Croatia. Like I said, it's been a long time between drinks and to now be in a position where it looks like we've topped the group. We could we could still be usurped in that respect. But to have qualified for the round of 16 and to have put in the, the kind of intelligent performance that they they, they did against them. I thought they played very smart football, Christoph. Um, they picked their moments, and um, and you know what great moments they had. On the flip side of that coin, though, talk about moments. How bad was that moment for Caballero in goals, which which led to Rebic's first goal? So everything started to unravel after that. You could see the Argentinians start to get very rattled, and then the the floodgates just opened up. You know that Rakitic goal, Modric's goal. Oh, I mean that defied logic. The way it just bent around and curled into the into the net, it was just divine. So. I'm delighted as a, as a uh as a Hrvatica. so I'm thrilled.
1: People can't see, but he's shining in your eyes. <laughs> okay, let's look at uh, what's coming up uh, tonight. Uh, we've got some cracking football again tonight. We have, oh, sorry, let me just make a mistake, uh, we start with Germany, Sweden, uh, Germany, Straight away, back against the wall, they have to win big time.
3: Oh yeah, they have to win, and purely because of all the pressure that's on them at the moment. I mean, we saw what Mexico managed to do the, to do them, and what a historic win for them. Um, you know, they hadn't had the Mexicans; that is a fabulous record against Imanshah. So to walk away with a one 0 result over the reigning champions and a team that is still being favoured to take out the World Cup trophy in Russia 2018 was huge. So Sweden, for them, they come into this a little bit more comfortably because they got three points, um, but ultimately. I think this was the wake-up call that Dimanshaft and their coach, Jogi Löf need. needed. Um, you know, He's going to come into this very well aware of the pressure that's on him as a coach, on the playing group as well. How does he manage that? How does he keep the group together and focus and, and you know, understand that they need to put that result behind them and focus on the challenge ahead? I believe they should beat Sweden, but this tournament, if it's taught us anything, Christoph, it's that anything can happen. So I feel confidently that they will um, revert back to the German machine that we all know and love. And um, they're so cool they're so clinical um, and they're veterans at this at this kind of tournament um, you know they've continued to qualify for successive tournaments for, for decades now so they know the job at hand and I expect them to be able to do it Do
1: you think Sweden at this point given the circumstances they are gutted the or they regret not getting Ibra in that squad because he would be that much that man of the match against Germany that could cause them massive issues.
3: Well, yes, and that's the one thing that really lacks for Sweden is a prolific goalscorer. They have had trouble finding the back of the net, but then the counter-arguments to that would be that, um, you know, and I think there were there were reports that he actually wanted to come back, but then the, the coach didn't want to reintroduce him to the setup. Uh, I still think he would have had a lot to offer that Swedish team, but, you know, with them in particular, uh, and, and it happens with a a lot of the big nations, uh, you know, when we just look at alone in isolation, you know, Messi with Argentina, Ronaldo with Portugal, there's so much of a reliance on these big stars. And then when you rely so much on them, they don't start to play like a team. So I think what we're seeing is a bit more of a balanced Sweden, but they do need to score goals. That's the big problem. So you take out Ibra, you take that out. So is it the right thing to do? I'm not sure. I believe he could have gone one more World Cup. I mean, I had the chance to actually meet him here at the broadcast compound. He's such a cool dude. Um, and we all love his character off the pitch. But on the pitch too, I I still think he can deliver, so we'll see what happens with Sweden. But they do—they do have a, a big task at hand against Mannschaft.
1: Yeah, because uh, Ibra is here, but he's just not playing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next match would be Korea against Mexi- Mexico. Uh, Mexico—we just talked about that big win against Germany. They just have to transform the try for our rugby fans. <laughs>
3: Oh, don't you be bringing rugby into this all right we all know that football's the greatest game on earth and I won't have any comparisons here
1: don't they call it football where you're from
3: uh, yeah well they <laughs> should call it they should call it football where
1: I'm from that's but... a whole podcast on its own okay let's talk about Mexico Korea
3: Oh, look the Korea Republic again they come into this with their backs against the wall they lost to Sweden so they're well and truly up against it do they have the quality of individuals to be able to exert any kind of a result here to exact any kind of um, you know um, authority on the on the game I'm not sure sure that they do. I'm not convinced by them. I don't think that they necessarily have, with the greatest of respect, a team full of enough quality to be able to progress from these group stages as it stands. Mexico too good um, and they will be so buoyed by the fact that they were able to upset Germany and get that 1-0 win. They too know how to play good football. I've actually really enjoyed watching them play um, and, and I think a lot of people, whether you're a fan or a neutral, can agree with that. So my heart lies with Mexico as well as my head. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. But I think that ultimately Mexico will be too strong for them
1: ok and then the last one is Belgium against Tunisia uh, Belgium the forever favourites we talked about it uh, before and Tunisia they came out of that loss against England at the dying minutes of, uh, of the game um, do you think they can rebound or not
3: No I don't. Um, Again I'm using that term with the greatest of respect I mean they put up a good fight uh, against England but ultimately world class players end up shining on the world stage so that's what they managed to do for Belgium I thought they were unconvincing in their first half but in the second half when the goals were actually scored that's when they started to click into gear there's so much intrigue around this Belgium team, around this Red Devil side purely because in 2014 we all know they were regarded as the dark horses. Now I believe they're a much stronger team purely because a lot of these big-name players have actually had experience now over the last four years and hit their peak, not just in terms of age, but their footballing abilities. Um, you Have a look at Romelu Lukaku on his own. Let's treat him in isolation for a moment. Scoring goals for fun was in brilliant form coming into the tournament as well. So to have him there and his physical presence that he adds to this team, he's a goal poacher. All you need to do is cross the ball in the box and, he, and you put that on that platter for him, he's going to serve up a beautiful dinner for you and everyone's going to enjoy eating at that feast. So, but Kevin De Bruyne, we all know about his qualities as well. Um, You know, you just watch him during the Premier League for Manchester City and you are enthralled by him. He's such a gifted footballer. Um, His vision, his distribution, um, his ability to read the game, it's it's just, it's it's really intoxicating to watch. So these are a group of players that, like I said, have evolved in in experience and also as players. So I think that Belgium are largely the favourites here. Okay, uh, we'll
1: see how we pan out everything. But thank you, Lucy, for your time. Uh, it's always great to have you in the podcast. It's always good to have a good chat with you.
3: I always love coming on for a jibber with you, Christoph. And I know that I can get a bit delirious because I am tired. But baby, this is the World Cup. This is what we live for and why we love what we do at SBS.
1: And we, yeah, people get this. It's the morning anyway in Australia. So thank you, Lucy. <laughs> uh,
3: good morning, Australia. <laughs>